just a heads up before we get to our joke. Um, the room I was uh, brought, uh, recording this in, I should say, was just an empty conference room, so the sound wasn't the greatest. Uh, it's not too bad, but, you know, typically I try to get you the, the best audio you can. So it's a little tinny, a little hollow sounding, but it's it should be listened to, uh, listenable, I guess you can say. So just a heads up. All right, on with this week's joke. A priest was walking along the cliffs at Dover when he came upon two locals pulling another man ashore at the end of a rope. That's what I like to see, said the priest, a man helping his fellow man. As he was walking away, one local remarked to the other, well, he sure doesn't know the first thing about shark fishing. You're listening to the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. What's up, everybody? Smackdown Outdoors podcast. I'm the host, Doug Glimmerbean, just an idiot with a microphone, a camera, and a dream. On today's episode, we talk to Senator Andrew Matthews. He covers basically the southern half of Mille Lacs all the way down to Becker, Minnesota. And I talked to him about Mille Lacs. Um, I had some questions for him on my own. I had some questions that you guys had. I might have just phrased them a little differently. I tried to keep them as, as true as I could. Um, I did not go in there and, you know, uh, go all investigative reporter and attack them and this and that and the other. You know, I was respectful. Uh, he does seem like a genuinely nice guy that just wants to better the fishing you know, and, and Malax for everybody. I mean, honestly, I taught, you know, talking to him off of the mics, off the cameras and all that stuff. I do think he is trying his best to try to better the situation. There are only certain things he can do. Um, just because of where he covers and who all of his constituents are. Uh, he, you know, it, it, he's in a very sticky situation. Um, you know, there's certain things he can do and certain things he can't do. Uh, but basically what I took out of this is what we all need to do, including him, is try to pressure the DNR for more transparency. Try to get them to tell us how, when, why, where, all that stuff, um, you know, to, to hold them accountable, responsible, whatever you want to call it. So uh, as far as the issue of Mille Lacs, you know, unless we get somebody from the DNR on here that wants to talk, uh, maybe a resort owner that wants to talk, uh, or somebody, you know, like from Glyphwick that wants to talk, I'll have them on. Other than that, I think for now, unless there's some big breaking news story or something, I'm just done. Um, I didn't, you know, my three rules for the podcast were no religion, no politics, and no malax. Well, I've been good on the religion. I've been pretty good on the politics. You know, a little joke here and there. Malax, yeah, I went down the rabbit hole. So, failed on that one. So, I'm going to, from here on out, basically leave it alone. You guys can come up with your own opinions. So, let's head over to the uh, St. Paul Senate building. And we're going to talk with State Senator Andrew Matthews. All right, so we are here with State Senator Andrew Matthews. Why don't you first tell people where you cover? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me, Doug. Um, yeah, I'm Andrew Matthews. I live near Malacca, and I represent Senate District 15, which goes as far south as Becker and Clearwater, and as far north as Lake Malacca. So I have the Malacca side of the lake in my district, and then the north half of the lake is in the district up north of mine. Um, so it's a it's a fairly good sized area. Covers well, a lot. You of cover my issues. fishing and my duck and goose hunting because I duck and goose hunting in uh, like the Becker area. Sure. Too, so yep. So yeah. Yep. There's a lot of that <laughs> that happens. I know the um, and there's the wildlife that's around there. The the park that's in there. I know a lot of people take that uh, an interest in that down on the south end. So it's large enough to have a number of diverse issues and right. hot point local hot points yeah if you want to help me get some more 
duck and goose hunting property. That'd be nice. Okay. <laughs> I can look into that. Point me into those little hidden spots on the public land that that uh, we can't get into for, for whatever reason. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about Mille Lacs. Yeah. And I saw you made a post the other day. Um, you were talking about how it's been mismanaged mm-hmm. and how you want to try to change it and be better managed. Yeah. How do you plan on doing that? So it's, it's been a difficult issue. Um, it's been more difficult now with the three years that we had the lake completely closed that, uh, that ruffled a lot of feathers around the area with how that's been handled. And I'm, I know that there has to be better open communication and a more open, transparent process would be a good start. Um, I'm not quite sure what the full picture might look like, but I think I know what a few of the first steps could help uh, make it better. And and uh, even now, I mean, we had the announcement that we'll get um, three weeks of a little bit of fishing mm-hmm. on Mille Lacs. That's That's a small step in the right direction. A very small step. A very small step. <laughs> Which... Depending on who you ask, some people are like, okay, they, they're cool. In my opinion, they put us in front of the TV and told us to be, you know, mind our own business. Yeah, yeah. No, I had, a, I had a resort owner who happened to be down at my office for another issue later that day when the DNR announcement came out. And I asked him what his what his thought on it was what his reaction was and he kind of shrugged and went well it's something yeah Um, but i think that some good first steps should we should seek for a more open and transparent process probably the biggest issue with this last decision was um the three-week option was not even presented to the local advisory council as one of the options the DNR was considering. And the feedback I got was they said, you know, we understand that maybe that is the decision that needed to be made. Maybe they don't think they have a limit to do something longer than three weeks, but it would have been nice to know that that was one of the things on the table. And, uh, And we didn't have that happen, so I think... Uh, my role has been an advocacy role with the DNR to make sure that voices are being heard. They, the DNR has their way of doing things. They have statutes they need to follow. They have a, a rulemaking process that they can do on their own initiatives, although I, I push back on them pretty hard about the scope that they have with the rulemaking, but we go into that on a number of areas. Right, right, right. But... Uh, I, I keep going back to say I need to make sure that people's voices are being heard. And How are you going to do that? So, <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, this is going to be the next step of of encouraging them that um, the way that this round of communication went still has its shortfalls that should be easily fixed like well, if, it's kind if, of a lack of communication right and that's you know in the podcast that we had a couple weeks ago um there's nothing yeah you try to ask somebody something you're not going to get an answer or you just get the typical well you know blah 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 yeah no and, i know we get that even as legislators sometimes i'm sure and you're in a very sticky position mm-hmm. you know you cover both sides of whatever. I mean, there's the treaty and then yep. there's, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, and when it comes to the treaty, there's for the people out there, they go, we need to get rid of the treaty. We need to get, need to get rid of this and that call the president. Cause that's about it. That or is your, my understanding. Or your, or yeah. Federal yeah. senators and whatnot. Yeah. I, I clearly don't have as much depth on all the details with the federal treaties that some people do in my district. But I do know that uh, it's, a, it's a very high-level federal issue that uh, whether you or I liked it or didn't like it, it is the way it is right now. And, and there's yeah. nothing that I can do about it. Yep. You can do about it no matter yep. how bad you like it. Yep. So if you don't like it, call your president. Yep. <laughs> call Donald Trump and go, here, here's what I don't like. Change it, and it'll probably fall on deaf ears there, too. There's been some work to try to encourage some of our new congressmen to also 
work with the president and listen to both sides and see see if it can be done or see if a more transparent process is possible within the parameters of the the treaty rules that we have now um that also is going to be up higher level than i'm right. at right now and it's so. not that i'm anti-treaty right it's just there's you know people are always i mean i ask for comments comments mm-hmm. and questions when i said i was going to interview and it was you know treaty this and you know gill nets that and i'm like sure. well i'm pretty sure the gill nets are part of the treaty which is above the level i'm going to be speaking to so probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yep. so yeah it's 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 frustrating for everybody and we need transparency yeah you know and one of the things that is bothering really bothers me about the transparency issue are these what we call ghost numbers Mm-hmm. 47,000 pounds of fish we took out, we killed last year. Yep. How did they come up with those numbers? Yeah, that's that's the question that I, I bring up similar kinds of questions when they present us with information yeah. as uh, how we found these out. I've been asking people, and I mentioned it on the podcast, and I actually got a message as I was walking to the building, and I'm, I can show it to you. I ask people all the time when this comes up, have you ever been asked by a DNR officer or agent or whatever, when you come off of Lake Mille Lacs, how many walleyes you caught? I have not found a single person in two years that have said, I've been asked. Not a one. So how are they coming up with these numbers? I'll write that down and I'm going to ask the DNR that. Yeah, do it and let me know so we can let people know. Yeah. How how are they coming in? You know, because if it's just a guesstimate, if they're just guessing, well, how do they know? And they, you know, one of the other sticky parts that I find I come up with is the DNR has their experts and their scientists, and they sit on one side and say the science says this. Mm-hmm. And then people in my community have worked with experts and they've worked with scientists, and they sit on the other side and go, we believe the science says this. So there's, we talk about how we want to use science <laughs> to... Uh, guide well, the discussion and we can't even agree on what the science is actually saying and, and that's the point in the in you know my podcast you know the change my mind episode and i said science let's base things on science well okay are we or are we just saying we are yeah and which side is and which side isn't yeah you know and i don't know it's for me it seems to be a forage issue do you have any idea what they were what they were what what caused this issue or what do we even call it? What do we call them? The, I've kind of caught, yeah, the, the situation, the situation, uh, the crisis, the low numbers that they had on the lake. Um, I still haven't gotten a real firm answer on what the cause was. Um, there's probably a myriad of issues that all intertwine with each other. Um, but I know that there's been, there's been different aspects of, of, you know, the ecosystem. Is there enough food in the lake? Is there enough vegetation in the lake? And something apparently triggered, uh, something a few years back where the, numbers dropped so drastically probably that a lack of vegetation caused the smaller fish to be eaten Mm -hmm. and then we end up with a with a small number of fish that they had to shut down the fishing season for that's the that's my best understanding i've been able to get as i've pieced it together but it seems like most people have a their own take on what the original problem was that set all this off. Right. And I've, I've heard it from low bait numbers due to the vegetation. I've heard it from low bait numbers due to too many fish Mm -hmm. and then everything, you know, there was no fish to no bait to eat. I've heard it from low uh, bait fish due to um, netting in Mm -hmm. the creeks and the tributaries coming into that lake. So we really don't know. It's very possible they all played a small role in it, and all these small roles added up to one big issue. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I pre- and then, you know, like I told you earlier, if you don't know, don't fake it. Right. Yep. <laughs> People yep. listening to this will go, okay, yep, all right, next. I know they tell me, I mean, the goal is to try to establish younger crops of fish 
in larger numbers. Um, some DNR people have told me like every time that there's a late ice out that that year's numbers are usually pretty strong, that they must be protected a little bit longer and, yeah, and the yeah. fish are more numerous in that year's crop. And we've had a couple of good, you know, as much as we don't like polar vortexes and 30 below weather. The ice fishermen, we, we like it as long as we don't get three feet of snow. There's that <laughs> After aspect. like this yep. year, there's it that was aspect. horrible. The heating the home part, it makes it tricky or, or starting the car in the morning is the tricky part of it. I had to replace the truck vortex. battery this year. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what they do seem to benefit if we have late ice into the spring. And a couple of the years since the closures have been happening do seem like the fish crops are moving in the right direction mm -hmm. so that's given me hope uh, that we can come to a resolution that maybe three weeks this year opens up to longer seasons again next year if we're truly on the rebound so uh, that's been my hope we are past the rebound as a guy who's been out on that lake multiple times in the past couple of years and you know, seen the pictures and I have the friends and talking it, there's plenty of fish in that lake. And That's the bass guys, too. you know, the bass master guys came out of the, you know, for the angler of the year and yep. they were stating on national TV, there's no walleye problem in this lake. <laughs> I mean, there's, and somehow the DNR looks at all these testimonies and says our science still says otherwise. Right. So, well, we're, that's we, my difficulty. I keep going back to the last podcast, but, uh, Actually, this one would have been, yeah, it would have been the same one. The following year, the second year here, they were here. You mm -hmm. didn't hear anything about walleye. Yeah. So, you know, odds are there was a little bit of, hey, quiet. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, first year you had the guys going up there, and you guys don't have a walleye problem. We're catching more walleye than we are bass and this and that. And then the next year it was crickets. Huh. So we're guessing there That's was definitely a, hey, just be quiet. Don't say anything That's about interesting. It. Yeah. So I know I've definitely tried to work with this before. Like last year when they announced it was going to be catch and release only again for the third year in a row at that point, um, I basically ran up to the, the DNR has one specific legislative liaison that helps work with their legislative issues and and interacts with our senator or representative offices more regularly so i went up to him and i said you need to come to my office and we need to brainstorm and figure out if there is something anything that we can offer rather than just closing the door for a third year in a row and we did. We got together, and I drew up about three or four bills. Some were my idea. One of them was actually uh, the DNR guy's idea of should we try to, you know, make it very limited for a couple of weeks? Should we, um, if we waived the license fee, if you're going to do catch and release on Malax, would that attract more people? That was one bill. I went. Should we try putting some money in for stocking? I know there's back and forth on whether that's effective or not, but I thought I'm about ready to try anything. So I made that another bill and I made one, should we have a very limited amount that we have a lottery for it and have those that apply for the lottery, you know, that goes into a fund to help with the Oh, like a lottery restocking. where you could take fish yeah. type of thing? Okay. Yeah, right. like we could find ways for try to do something limited mm -hmm. number to stimulate the even the economic part of the lake and so i put three or four bills together and a couple weeks later the the old dnr commissioner under the last administration then came into my office and shut everything down even the ones that his own guys came up with so really i'm very aware of the frustration of trying to so why did he shut them down because they had their direction they, they were going and they didn't think they could do anything else than a sole catch and release system and keep going on the timeline hmm. so so i've been i've been trying i'm glad that we have this very small step here to try to do something for the lake yeah it's it's something right you know i almost think it would have been if they would have just said okay catch and release for a fourth year 
there'd be almost less backlash. That's interesting. I wonder if you're I right. think so. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, yeah. at this point, it's kind of like, okay, here's your three weeks. Yeah. Your one fish in the same slot that's been beaten up and beaten up. And right. it's the same year class they're chasing. Right. Or you, if you catch one of the giants, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead. There you go. That's like almost insulting. Too much of a tease to not yeah. be worth it. Yeah, and especially if we have I, if I we have a late ice appreciate out. Appreciate that. If we have a late ice out, are they planning on okay? So if it's three days into the season, and finally we can fish, are they going to add that onto the end? Yeah, I don't probably know. not. Probably not. Probably not. I'll 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 let my opinions, and you can say I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as so the, the the you're talking about you know putting pressure on the DNR. Yep. So how exactly? Just constant contact with them, coming up with new bills, new ideas, and things like that. Yep. A um, lot of lot of communication. Um, some of these bills, like that, was one of the reasons why I put out the numerous amount of bills I did last year. It basically forced them to have a conversation on it. Um. And then giving them feedback like I'm going to do with how they did, you know, when I get feedback on how the agency communication has been or not been with the local advisory committee or other local officials, I'm the sounding board to come back around and say, you got to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the ways that it went wrong with, with what just happened. So um, it's trying to put pressure where we can, um, you know, the DNR basically takes their direction from the governor. So the, the direction that the governor wants to go is going to be the way that the agency is going to go. And the governor has more weight than mm-hmm. one legislator does around here, but you I do will a, try you, what I can. You want to do another half hour on the governor and, and <laughs> the DNR? <laughs> you can say no, that's fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I could sure, I'd sure have a lot to say. That's for sure. How about another gas tax? Anyway, um, <laughs> so what kind of changes need to take place from the past? And I'm taking this from your video the other day. Yeah. Um, I think that having some of these, um, having more openness and a, a public openness to some of these decision-making meetings is a good first step. There's usually been resistance from every administration in the recent past that wants to keep their decision-making um, closed and behind doors. And I got I got invited to one of these um, technical meetings, and I understand that a lot of it is, is technical discussion and scientific discussion um, that, that I, or maybe you would understand more since you're much more of a outdoors fishing expert. In hey, it, but I open up my podcast with, I'm just an idiot with a microphone, a camera and a dream. So yeah. I'm not, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but, but I think there's, there's something that could be um, improved on to have more openness um, maybe it's describing what the what our objectives are on the front end and then how many of those objectives are what the final result is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but it it seems to come around communication and transparency, and I'm trying to shine a light on it everywhere I can when it's not happening in different areas. Um, and and I, I ask the agency i ask others what's your idea of what openness and transparency looks like and i'd invite that to your your listeners too you know if you've got uh if you've got concrete ideas of what uh transparency should look like i'm definitely open to the ideas that's that's my underlying principle that i try to shoot for so yeah get the truth out there get the facts out there exactly um I mean, I think the, you know, like my idea of transparency is where are they coming up with the numbers Yeah. for how many pounds we've taken out? How yeah. do they come up with the slot limits? Right. Just tell, you know, and I, you know, I don't care if I like it or not. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you decided to come up with 21 to 23, 28 and over, 
for three weeks. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. And give us the truth. Like I said, if we don't like it, you can we still go like ahead it. and do it. Right. But at least we know. At least we know what the rationale yeah. was behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, those are. I've shared some of those concerns. I've. I'm right with you there. So, I'll be asking again. We haven't. I haven't communicated a whole lot with. Uh, the agency since this announcement has come up but i know they're going to come around and touch base with me again on at some point and mm-hmm. i'm definitely going to bring this up yeah it's i think that's the number one problem yeah is what's going on right know, how are you doing this right just be truthful with us yeah that's all we want you know, and it's it's kind of tough for me because you know you're in the situation that you are that you have to ride that line. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could come in here and go, "This is what I want. And this is what I I know." You know, kind of how you know I know your stance and what you can and cannot do and whatnot. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just being truthful and telling us why. Absolutely, telling us why, and Absolutely. and also how and the and more taking, of you there are that will keep encouraging us to do that yeah the and, better well and taking public input yeah and actually like taking it actually listening yes and not yep. just uh oh hi yep hi you know we talked about it um on the last episode uh, not the wall i went but the, this one actually came out today um writing people in the legislature like legis yeah legislate legislature legislature thank you yep um you know writing them all and telling them your concerns yeah because i have a feeling that if we write the letters to the dnr mm-hmm. they're not gonna go very far probably not but if, if we you write have... you and we write everybody else yeah and voice our concerns that way yeah you guys actually make the changes to the certain things and can somewhat get things done correct i'm guessing and if you have you know if you write to who that your specific ones are in your area who your own state representative is who your own state senator is and tell them that you're a constituent and share you know if you create your own message even if it's an email or a phone call and it's not just you know, uh, a form letter that we get from time to time that's the same message, a hundred mm-hmm. or a thousand copies of. But if you come up and say, you know, I'm a constituent, here's my story, here's my concern that I'd like to see, that's at the top of our priority list most of the time of, of what we really are tuned into. And they can be uh, effective, especially if you come with just a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? With uh, with uh, openness and with if you communicate with grace and not with anger. Like if you're yes. just sharing, here's here's my perspective. Here's what I think the issue is, and here's what I think the solution could look like. You know, I've told people we may disagree at the end, but we can sure hear each other out, and we might learn something that we didn't know from from the two sides. So, I've had people that have sounded very, very angry in an email or a social media (laughs) comment. It's easy to do. But when I got here in person and we shared stories and we shared, you know, got to understand the person better in a, in a face-to-face communication, we found out, heck, we weren't actually weren't that much different or we, we had an appreciation for why we had the positions that we Mm -hmm. did. And so yeah, call your call your own uh, representatives, your own senators. Um, a lot of people will uh, write to all those on a certain committee, like a fishing committee might be, a, or the, the the a fishing issue might be in the environment committee, which I'm on, and so a lot of times people send messages to all the members on a particular committee. Um, yeah, those are the best ways to. Uh, to get involved and to let your voice be heard, and uh, we need we need more of it. In an era, and I tell people, I encourage people with in an era of toxic politics that seems to be ever increasingly toxic, um, some more openness and more um, just gentle, real communication that's not toxic. No Facebook warriors. Starts to go a long ways. Yeah, no Facebook yep. warriors. Let's talk like adults. Yeah. Talk professional. 
I haven't met a single person yet who's been convinced uh, over a Facebook argument. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> if that is not the truth, I don't know what is. Keyboard warriors, man. Keyboard warriors. And that's everything. Yep. It's a, I don't care what the issue is. Exactly. The sky's blue. No, it's not. Exactly. Oh, here we go. Yep. The earth is flat. No, it's not. Oh, boy. Here we go. Fishing on Lacks is great. No, it's not. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Um, let's see. How can we, I mean, I suppose other than, you know, sending letters and stuff, but how can we make sure that you guys are doing your job in holding the DNR accountable and getting them to be more transparent? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, How can we make sure that we don't, you know, write you letters and calls and emails and then you don't listen? Other than every two or six years or however often you guys get voted. Right, right. Yeah. You need to make sure that we're following up with you, um, that uh, your legislators give answers. And I I understand that you know, um, I, I struggle with sometimes when we get a whole bunch of emails in a day, it's hard to get back to them all. And Well, depending and on I, whatever the hot topic of the yep, day is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this happened. Oh, great. Here we go. Yeah. Um, but keep reaching out and make sure that your legislators are doing the work they need to do to visit places in the community. Um, a lot of legislators do um, schedule meetings around the district, town halls, or or even share, you know, I'll be at a McDonald's for an hour or two on a Saturday morning in town. And if you want to chat and come by, you know, I'll be sitting in the corner here come have mm-hmm. a chat so there's there's a variety of ways that uh that legislators do that to reach out to their district and uh just make sure you know uh, that's we probably our biggest challenge is to make sure that the things we do around here people actually know about um people may think that you know we don't do much other than fight um, if you just are taking in what you hear on the five o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news, it's just a very small fraction of what's actually <laughs> happening around here. And it's, it's very cherry picked to whatever the media's favorite issues are. So I watch the news for the weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go back to dinner. That's probably the safest way to Maybe go. Maybe sports depending. <laughs> yeah. But if you... If you build relationships, um, if you have consistent communication and you build a relationship, even if it's with someone that's not uh, not aligned with your own political views, there are still ample ways to build a relationship with someone you don't agree with and you just keep following up on, you know, here's my thought on what this issue is and... Uh, and there's a lot more communication that can happen with uh, with a, a friendly face, with an open discussion, with with trying to stay in tune with mm-hmm. your local legislators. So, you know, when I was younger, I've had legislators that uh, that weren't in my party that I that I disagreed with, but I still made a point at coming down and visiting them here at the Capitol when I was down in the area advocating for different issues and and still be friendly with them. You know, I didn't vote for them, but I could be friendly with them and say, you know, glad you're you're uh, working and glad you're serving. And that's a it's a significant time commitment during session here. There's a lot that goes on and and uh you know, reaching out say, hey, when this issue comes up, I just want you to know that here's what I think on it. And I'd Mm -hmm. encourage you to vote this particular way. So um, there's a lot more that can be done. And our senators and representatives here were average everyday people around here. People like to put us up on a pedestal. But once I got in here, um, I realized, hey, we're, we're normal people just like everybody else. I come, I, I did not come from a, wealthy family by any means you know had to pay my own way through school and all of that and grew up on a farm stacking hay in 95 degree weather and learning good farm you need to get back out ethics. there you're getting skinny i i've been that way most of my life I, i'm newly married now so maybe uh maybe okay that'll change now that we've entered this new phase I won't. yeah i'll be quiet yeah. i used to be skinny too um but 
But there's a lot of options if yeah. if we and especially I mean something like fishing. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, not a, a issue. Republican, a Libertarian. Correct. Doesn't matter. We all want to keep treasures like Malax available for yeah. generations to come. That's mm-hmm. not a partisan issue at all. It it's not, and it should never be. I mean, out the, I outdoors agree. outdoors are science based. Yep. So let's make sure that we're having the right scientists make the decisions yeah that i i feel like the pickle in the middle when i hear scientists are on differing sides of it yeah uh, but i agree you know when when there's differences like that i say let's we got to keep communicating then we mm-hmm. got to keep figuring out where it is we're missing where it is we're like ships passing in the night we got to figure out what the heart of the issue is. So I agree. We need we need the right scientists in, although I'm not sure what that looks, you know, the DNR says it's their guys and the landowners who's, say it's their yeah, guys. Who scientists are right. right and where are they getting them all from? And, but keep communicating and mm-hmm. keep being open and transparent about it. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's the that's the thing. I think the, the biggest thing when it comes to Mille Lacs is transparency from the yes. DNR. And how do we get that to happen? Yes. Just keep bugging them, bugging them, bugging them. That's, keep bugging you. Keep bugging and me. You and everybody else. Keep bugging them and, and uh, bug them with a very calm demeanor. Yeah. Say, Just don't yell at them and go, end the treaty. Because yeah. that's not, end big, you know, yeah. gill netting because they have nothing to do with it. Don't that. start with that. Yeah. No, no, be, no. It'll be tough for them to hear to anything else that might follow that. Right. Who's the, so you have the south half of the lake, you said? Yes. Who's the one, who has the north half? North of me is Senator Carrie Rood. Um, she's from, I think, the Breezy Point Brainerd area, somewhere okay. that direction. Okay. Um, so there you go. So everybody out there. Yeah. If you're on the north end, Absolutely. talk to Carrie. Absolutely. If you're on the south end, talk to Andrew. Talk to me. Talk. I my yeah. door is always open. Yeah. Well, it was, I, it was I saw that video and I just was like, well, I just had an episode on it. Yeah, the timing worked out really. Let nice. me call them and just see. Who knows? Yeah, you know, politicians. Eh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Right. And next thing I know, right. She's like, yeah, he said he'd like to do it, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, so I was. Uh, I'm glad and, for the opportunity. Yeah, in the last, what, I don't know, almost week, I've been like, okay, so how do I approach this? Because, like I said, I kind of knew the whole. It's the co-management. Yeah, I'll just say you don't have to speak a sound, but the co-management is the issue with the leg. Um, I know it's, and there's very nothing we can do with that people. co. <laughs> right, right. Because the co works on their own agendas and whatnot. Right. Exactly. And then we could get into the whole agendas that we've all heard about in the papers and the Facebooks and all that stuff. But yep. that's not going to do any good anyway. So. Right. Right. So. It's been a very difficult situation. Yeah. For some people that have been impacted by it. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing that I think a lot of people really are upset about, too, is we're losing businesses because of it. Right. You know. Um, right. The little minnow uh, bait shop there, right before you get to Anami or whatever. Yeah. Um, that one closed. Yeah. Plus all the other businesses that have closed. I know. People I'd, go to, you know, and people are thinking, does anybody even care? That and has been is, the is there an ulterior motive to all of this? Yeah. Right. You know, cons- tin hat, right. tin foiled flat earth conspiracy. And they'll always say on. no. Of but- course. I definitely understand where the thoughts are coming from. I've basically told the DNR, like, there's another town in my district that had this really small Ma and Pa run movie theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had to do a giant road construction project right through Main Street, had to shut down the road all summer long. And this this little uh, small town theater couldn't survive how long the road construction went on for and someone else has bought it it's reopened recently again which was good but i've told the the agencies said this lake is like the road Mm -hmm. and you've shut it down three years in a row and it's really tough for these businesses to the last year people go up there and they do go fish yeah it's been busy it's diversified which has been a plus yeah so hopefully that can continue regardless of the regulations. But the problem I have is that 
we've got too many big fish of all species in the lake. Mm-hmm. And I just say all species to make everybody happy. Yep. Everybody's got their own opinion on what smallies do and muskies do. Yep. Whatever. Um, they eat too many bait, you know, too much bait, which affects the smaller fish, which should, should be replacing those bigger fish. Yeah. I think in the next five years, if this doesn't change, we can start taking out those bigger, bigger, bigger fish. Yeah. You know, on a regular basis, we're going to end up where we were five years ago. Yeah. That's my concern. That's, and I that share goes, that. And that goes back to the DNR and how they're getting their 21 to 23. Making sure that it's done right. And they're 28 plus. Yeah. I agree. And another thing I encourage people to do is come out and try to enjoy the lake while we have it open and stimulate the local economy in the mm-hmm. way that we can. Or even if you are going up to a different lake further north on opening weekend, maybe you can stop and eat lunch or eat dinner at a restaurant around Mille yep. Lacs on your way up to your final destination. It's an amazing lake right now. It is. I mean, it's a trophy lake. It is. But that's part of the problem is that... Uh, in my eyes, it's not big enough to be a trophy lake for everything because mm-hmm. you got trophy walleye, yep. smallmouth, muskie, pike, largemouth, crappies, and yep. it's only however many acres. Lake of the Woods, you can do that because it's a million acres. Right. But Mille Lacs, what are we doing with right. Mille Lacs? And that's another thing. It's like, what are we doing with Mille Lacs? What's the is final it a, goal? Is it, what is the final goal? you have any idea? I don't. <laughs> Nobody sh- seems to try to shake that out of the agencies. Yeah. So, uh, that's the downside of. Uh, I'm fully aware that's the downside with the election process. It can be very easy to get sucked into just doing what's good for the next couple of years till you hit the next election. But that's not always the good right. long-term way to govern. Here's a question for you. Sure. Let's get political for a second. Okay. Can we get the DNR and St. Paul separated? Where DNR does DNR stuff and St. Paul does St. Paul stuff, and they just leave each other alone. If we could find a way, I'm all ears. Didn't it used to be that way, or am I mistaken? I can't. Remember. I'm not sure. Okay, probably take some historians of the legislature yeah. to answer that. Seem like it'd be a little better off. I think we should probably try to break it down and have the power that they have in multiple different arenas rather than one big agency that the dnr has become well i don't even mind that the dnr is like in charge of all the wildlife which of course it should be mm-hmm. but let's just get st paul to let them do their thing yeah instead of having the governor whoever it is mm-hmm. republican democrat basically hire the guy that he wants in there because he's same beliefs yep and then they run the show yep i I don't disagree. Work on that for me, would you? I'll, you can tell me no. That's fine. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I know that, I mean, I hear a lot of the arguments in multiple environment-related issues where they're like, well, what you do in the outstate impacts what happens. And, you know, it, 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 the ramifications still touch us down here in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I'm not sure how much of that is true or how much of mm-hmm. that is just their reason to want to keep holding the reins to what's going on but yeah but uh we should try to self-govern as best we can and when we don't do a good job of that then we end up with more numerous regulations and more commissioners and more more, bureaucrats more government control man right (laughs) (laughs) do you uh you cover Wright county at all I have a very small part of it, the city of Clearwater and Clearwater Township. Okay. And the rest of it goes into Senator Bruce Anderson's district. Okay. All right. Do you know anything about the um, new possible boating, get your boat checked regulation thing going on out there? Not too much, no. Although I'm hearing more and more that's becoming a a bigger issue on it. Okay. What perspective do you have on that? I'm trying to get all the information that I can that'll make up a decision. Okay. So I've actually got um, somebody coming on in a, in a few weeks talking about it. Okay. Not happy about it. Okay. But we can save that for another time. When you get more info, we can talk about that. Good deal. Or I can talk to Bruce about it. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I was going to ask you what it feels like to be a pickle caught in the middle, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we kind of figured that one out along yeah. the way. Yeah. So kind of happens around this business but yeah that's okay yeah so i mean it's 
I'll just tell you that everybody I know is upset, mainly mm-hmm. because of the transparency. Yep. And, you know, not being heard, where are these fake numbers coming from? Um, I agree. They want change, and they want to know how you are going to make that change happen yeah. and how we can hold you accountable. Yeah. Keep communicating with us. Um, keep supporting our efforts. Like, we need to get more of the agency authority under legislative approval because if I do something stupid, the voters can vote me out at the next election. There's direct accountability there. If someone at the DNR does something completely off the rails, they're disconnected from the people. I mean, yeah, they're, they're appointed by the governor and the governor's elected by the people, but that's too many links in the chain separated from that. And there's not that direct accountability. So I push for, we need more legislative oversight of agencies because we're the ones with the election certificate and we're the ones that the people can vote to change if we're not doing a good job. They're Mm -hmm. not. So that's usually met with strong resistance from agencies because it's nice to be able to make rules and not have that accountability. They're like the weatherman. They can be wrong and still keep their job every single day. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's a larger and larger um, push, if there's, if uh, more and more legislators get elected that hold that view, and if we can get a governor elected that holds that view, mm-hmm. we can start to turn that tide. Till then, I'm going to keep speaking out and try to push the needle a little further right mm-hmm. uh, until we can get to that point. Okay. Well, sir, I hope I answered everybody's questions, or at least we got some facts out there. Yeah, I, and I I appreciate know. being able to explain the facts as I know it and the facts mm-hmm. as what I've been trying to work on down here. And uh, definitely I'm open if, if people want to share their ideas on it. Uh, my door is always open. Give them uh, how they can reach you. Yeah. Um, reach you or if they're on the north side. Oh, they can reach Carrie. Was it Carrie? Yep, Senator Carrie yeah. Rude. Um, yeah. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. If you look up uh, Senator Andrew Matthews' uh, Facebook page, I put videos and such out pretty regularly with short updates of what's going on around here. Mm-hmm. There's links on there to my phone number if they want to call my office, um, my email address uh, that's on there if you want to shoot an email. Um, and there's uh there's a number of ways to get a hold of of us so there's there's websites if you don't know who your legislator is i think you can google like minnesota district finder and it'll bring up a state website that you can put your address into and it'll tell you who your legislators are who your state rep is who your state senator is um, that's sometimes people's first question is wondering, yeah, I don't know which district <laughs> that I'm in. Yeah. Um, that's a good first step that I've pointed a lot of people to. And then see, um, I think most of us are on Facebook. Most of us have uh, websites with our phone number listed on it and so forth. So okay. stay involved. And, and uh, when people are involved and they keep demanding better and better accountability from their legislators will have a better product at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny because I, you know, on the podcast page, on my personal page, I, you know, put a thing up there, you know, with your face going, hey, I'm interviewing, blah, blah, blah. If you have any questions, let me know. Yeah. Ended up with like three or four okay ones, that were, you know, and four or five whatevers. You know, treaty related ones. Yep. Um, but I was expecting like an influx. Sure. Because it's Malax. Right. But it was quiet. Interesting. So had, if I've, you I've done several videos on Malax and some of them have gone gangbusters. And... Well you have more followers than I do. So <laughs> yeah. but then some like this last one I did got no. some responses to it, no. but it was also a little more muted. No. I just so. thought it was kind of funny because it's like everybody wants to complain, whine. Right. You know, blah blah blah. Oh my god, done it. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm interviewing somebody who actually knows stuff about it. Right. If you got a question. You know, I, I did say, I think, keep it civil. So maybe that was the problem. 
Maybe that was the issue. Nobody maybe, had a civil question. Maybe. Well, <laughs> think of civil questions. Let's have civil dialogues. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we'll we just, can move in the right direction. So keep pressure on Andrew here. Please do. And then you keep pressure on them. I will. Make some changes. Come up with some bills. If you guys have ideas for bills, get a hold of them. If you have solutions, lots of people can come up with a problem or, yeah. or a complaint. But if you come up with a solution, I'm all ears. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thank you to State Senator Andrew Matthews. I do appreciate it, sir. Um, all right. So uh, let's see. What else do I need to tell you all about? That's right. Subscribe, like, share, do all that stuff. Head over to the Facebook page. Check out that top post, the pinned post at the top. I am fishing the Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge Fishing Challenge um, fishing tournament in, what is it, June 1st? June 1st. Yes, June 1st. And we are raising money for the Adult and Teen Challenge. So please head over there. Check out that top post that is pinned. Hit the hit the link and donate a dollar. Donate five. Donate a million dollars. I don't care. Just donate something, all right? Buy one less cup of coffee, okay? Buy one less crankbait. I know, I know. That's blasphemy, but do it once, okay? All right. We're just trying to raise some money to help save some lives, okay? They save lives. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, so... All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. So go out, shoot straight, catch a big one, and we'll see you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.